0: This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. In wild times like these, you need more than financial product salespeople. You need a firm that looks at the entirety of your life and helps you with strategies that coordinate all disciplines of good stewardship so you can manage wisely what God has given you and thrive in these times of chaos and confusion. Have a team that acts as consultants in the business of you. Call 805-372-0821 to schedule your no-obligation discovery meeting. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show, where we are working hard to be a threat to the Great Reset and uh, also put the man back in mankind, because both women and men need that. Um, We are going to have a fabulous guest today, and I've been looking forward to this podcast. We had a little bit of technical difficulties getting it all set up, but we've um, we've made it happen today. I think the um, powers of spiritual darkness were against us in trying to get Skype, which absolutely is terrible to work, but you know it's embedded in our system, so we do what we have to do here. Thanks to Eric, the engineer, uh, we made this work. But today we have Doctor James Thorpe, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about his bio as we go through here. But he is a uh, obstetrician and gynecologist that is. Um, really uh, one of the early identifiers of what's happening with women after they have been vaccinated. And I think this is the scariest uh, thing next to um, central bank digital currency that we're dealing with now is uh, some issues that we're going to have with our population. So, Dr. James Thorpe, are you there?
1: I'm here. Bryce, uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your marvelous platform.
0: Yeah, Um, well thank you you know you uh you sent me um this morning early and of course you know i couldn't i couldn't go through all two hundred of your uh published papers uh-huh. but uh you um you certainly um are really the guy to be talking about this because you know you have um you know really uh done the work you have dealt with high risk pregnancies um you know really your entire career and one of the things that we saw was right as the jab was being rolled out in mass, you started to see women on social media platforms who were pro-vaccination come out and say that they were having interruptions within their menstrual cycles. And they were, you know, uh, accounting for this and, and, you know, testifying to this, uh, you know, again, on TikTok and things like this. And these weren't anti-vaxxers, you know, to to use that stupid phrase. These weren't women who were, um, you know, trying to stir up controversy. They were just reporting, and they were saying that their doctors were like, "Hey, don't worry about it. It'll return to normal. Don't don't sweat it." But that's that was kind of the first indication that we had an issue brewing here. So, so tell me what you saw from your perspective, and and when you were kind of um, identifying this issue. Well,
1: from the very beginning of the pandemic, or you want me to start with the
0: Hey, you can start wherever you, uh, wherever you want. So if you were seeing leading indicators, um, you know, to, to some of this nefarious stuff, um, you know, start there.
1: Sure. Um, well, first of all, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I I, I never have been. Uh, I've been deeply entrenched in the mainstream academics as an allopath, um, allopathic education and and residency and fellowship. Um, but I've always had a keen interest in, in questioning and probing and looking deeper, you know, my whole life. And uh, through the turn of the century, I was very intrigued with the SARS and MERS, SARS-CoV-1 epidemic, and started doing a lot of research on that. Um, and as I came into 2019, and you see the forces uh, and multiple different sources where they start talking about having a pandemic and, uh, you know, Dr. Fauci and many others. And actually later in that year of 2019, actually having a simulation was quite scary. And then as we got into 2020 and the first cases uh, came out, I, I was prepared and knew how I wanted to deal with that. Um, And it was with hydroxychloroquine. Why would an obstetrician and maternal fetal medicine specialist like myself know anything about hydroxychloroquine? The answer is quite simple. I've used it for over 40 years in pregnancy. So I did my due diligence. Um, I, not just me, but OBs and maternal fetal medicine doctors like myself, we never use a medication in pregnancy that we don't thoroughly vet. So uh, I did. I've been using hydroxychloroquine in pregnancy, and so has everybody else for the last half a century. Um, why we use it for women with autoimmune disease, um, and especially with lupus. So I had extensive experience with it. I knew from the NIAID-funded studies how effective it was against SARS-CoV-1. And I knew that it was safe, even in the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester in breastfeeding women, because we've been using it, Um, internal medicine physicians, family practice doctors, rheumatologists, flight surgeons, we we all used it in pregnancy. Um, So we knew it was very safe. We knew it was safer than Tylenol or aspirin or Motrin. We knew it was safer than most drugs that were over the counter. And so when I was reprimanded, formally reprimanded, and it was I was threatened by pharmacists and by uh, professional organizations to not use it, that was a real head-scratcher for me because I, I'm very confident in, in my skills and my knowledge and in my clinical expertise for 40 years. Why in the world would they not allow me to use a, a drug that I was very comfortable with in pregnancy? And the other thing, Bryce, is that, uh, that I had, uh, was very well aware of the FDA and CDC website, which was bragging about how safe and effective it was in pregnancy, saying that it was extremely safe even uh, throughout pregnancy and even in breastfeeding moms and even in children. And I mean pushing it. Now, that was 10 years ago. Unfortunately, they forgot to scrub their website. Uh, They finally have, and they removed it, but I still have that screenshot from uh, the FDA and CDC. So something was really wrong there. Uh, And then I saw the shutdowns and the lockdowns, and then I started hearing about a vaccine that's being produced, which was very, very scary for me, because I knew that a vaccine for these RNA viruses was worthless from the start because their doubling time is so short. I, we deal with, uh, I'm not an infectious disease expert, but I really am in pregnancy because we deal with a lot of infections in pregnancy that are very important. So I'm very well aware of, of, uh, of virology and, and I'm very well aware of the futility of chasing a rapidly, rapidly dividing uh, virus. Uh, like influenza. And now uh, the use of an mRNA vaccine for the SARS-CoV, essentially uh, uh, what we know to be the common cold, was wrought with futility and danger.
0: Yeah, so... um talk a little bit about I, I i'm seeing some more studies you know come out on ivermectin that are showing that ivermectin you know may not have been that useful are you seeing some of those um uh you know alex berenson's but you know publishing that and you know pushing back on people do you you know uh um, hydroxychloroquine sort of took a backs uh, a back seat for a little while In regards to media, um, you know, and then ivermectin sort of rose to prominence. Do you have any any thoughts there? Uh, Extremely safe and extremely effective. Um,
1: And I, uh, you know, I I have a great deal of respect for Alex Berenson. uh, But, you know, I just disagree with his data interpretation. We've used it. Um, It's very effective, very safe. It's been around for a long time. And you're probably not aware of this, but, but it's that's been used for like 35 years as well. Um, and, and, you know, it's been used extensively around the country, especially in, uh, like, take the Amish community. The Amish community has used it for 35 or 40 years for everything. Um, and they found it to be very safe and effective. And when I go to um, IVMmeta.com, which is an accumulation of the statistics and all the studies on ivermectin showing the reduction in morbidity and mortality its it's quite impressive and uh, it looks to me and in my clinical experience has been very effective very effective in terms of uh, reducing the morbidity of the disease and the length of disease and clearing symptoms
0: yeah, I mean, you know, of course, it's personal anecdotes, but, you know, uh, on my end, but we've, we've had, you know, many people who their, you know, turnaround came pretty swiftly after um, ivermectin. And so, um, you know, it's, it's seemed to be effective, but I was just curious because I was starting to see that bubble up. Um, and Alex, uh, Berenson's been pretty aggressive about it lately. And, um, you know, I I respect him. He's been, he's been right on some things, but wrong on others, but I respect his efforts. So I, I was curious as to what your thoughts were there. So, um, you know, let's, let's talk about, you know, um, you know, okay, early on, you know, you, you started to see that, okay, something was afoot something nefarious was going on. Um, you know, they were playing some games. It, it was pretty clear to most of us. You got a front row seat to it, of course, in your practice, but, um, moving forward to the, um, actual jab itself and, uh, and, you know, all of that, what, um, you know, what did you start to see there and, and let's start to, you know, to really get specific on, on some of those issues.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, as 20 progressed, year 2020, and then, of course, the very end of uh, 2020, they rolled out that vaccination, the mRNA genetic technology shot. Uh, it's not really a vaccination, as you know. Uh, yes. So that was rolled out uh, in, in December of 2020, and it was uh, after the first quarter where I started seeing a lot of complications in my clinical practice. So in my clinical practice, um, and again, I, I separate that out from my research because a lot of the research that I've done, none of it is really from my clinical practice. I'm not allowed to take that from the clinical practice. If I go into my, uh, my EMR platforms, um, I'd be fired as, as others have done, been fired. For doing that, that's proprietary data. It, even though they're my patients, it doesn't belong to me, and I'm not allowed to look at it unless it's my patient. So uh, what, what I noticed was a significant um, significant increase in, in miscarriages. I saw a massive increase in abnormal menstrual function. Um, now, I focus on pregnant patients only, but I see a lot of patients that are not pregnant, that that come to me and there was just a, a, a massive increase in menstrual abnormalities. Um, and then I started seeing an uptick, a significant uptick in fetal deaths. So that's really what stimulated me to aggressively pursue the governmental database. Um, I started developing networks uh, worldwide. I, I have uh, uh what i call trojan horses uh, all over the world that that uh, some of which that are vocal and bold and courageous others of which have chose to save their career and stay in the closet and i uh, i've spoken with people all over the world that saw the same thing that i did and they gave me some really hard data so i started immediately uh going to the governmental data and mining the governmental data and what what I saw was just utterly catastrophic. I want to go back to the summer of 2020. Um, as I suggested to you, I was raising my eyebrows. I suspected something really bizarre, um, maybe nefarious going on. Why are they rolling out this vaccine? I started noticing a lot of the Uh, the the mRNA platform, I'll say, I I started uh, noting actually some publications in the scientific literature and also some patents that specifically talked about the mRNA uh, platform. It was published well before the epidemic ever hit us, as if it was already in place and almost as if something was motivating them to make this a theta complete, if you will, uh, data be damned, you know, we're going to rule this out. So in the summer of 2020, I was really concerned about this. So being the clinical investigator that I am, uh, I've designed and funded all my own studies in the past, and I've done all the statistical modeling for planning uh, studies, and I've executed and, and planned and carried out successfully several uh, randomized controlled prospective trials um, in in my career. And doing sample size analysis and statistics, I I came up, I actually spent um, many, many, many hours and a lot of time designing a study that I thought would be the perfect way to proceed. And that would be a randomized double-blinded placebo-controlled trial. um, And it would be blinded. And it would be carried out by a group that was um, not associated with the stakeholders. And I, um, it was very simple. I, I, my hypothesis was over 10 years, the death rate after the, uh, the experimental group would be increased um, fivefold, from one in 10,000 to five in 10,000 deaths. So based upon that. Over 10 years, the study couldn't be blinded, unblinded until 10 years because I posited that it was not going to be an immediate die off. I thought the die off would be, you know, five to 10 years after the vaccine due to uh, uh, simulation of severe chronic diseases and inflammation. So, um, but I did plan, it it turned out that I would require about 70,000 patients, 35,000 in the placebo group, 35,000 in the treatment group with a vaccine. Um, and people would say, well, oh, you, we can't do that. We need the vaccine right now. Um, and, and we need the results. We need to roll it out. I said, well, we got to do it in a randomized, double-blinded fashion. We don't have to wait 10 years. What we can do is have a separate, it's called an interim analysis, where you, if I were the principal investigator, I wasn't allowed to look at the data. But I would have a third party who were statistical experts who could look at the data, still blinded to me, and then they would say, you know, Dr. Thorpe, um, it all looks good, or this is rule of death. There's a lot of deaths. Well, let me say, Bryce, that I was dead wrong. Because had we done that, and by the way, I sent this to Dr. Fauci, to President Trump, and to Mr. Gates, and I published it. (coughs) excuse me, on social media. Um, So everybody was available to see this. Nobody was interested in doing it. I knew it had to be done. But had we done this, I was very wrong. There was a massive die-off. A massive die-off. And by summer of 2021, had the stakeholders... And the pharmaceutical companies and the investigators and Fauci and Trump and the rest of the gang embraced my plan by summer of 2021. Okay, we sh- would have seen a massive increase in death, a massive increase in death. And the vaccine would have, alleged vaccine, would have been immediately taken off the market. The reason why they wouldn't let me accomplish that or nobody, because they knew what it was going to show. And as I suggested before, this was a fait complete. Now, I, I will tell you that I wasn't, um, you know, God just gifted me some things. One of the things he gifted me was in <clears throat> 2020 in the spring, almost um, two years ago, in 2020, let's see, um, in In 2020 uh, and 2021, the vaccine rollout was from December 1st, 2020 to February 28th, 2021. Shortly after that, two years ago, I received from uh, Pfizer Insider a document, an internal document that was labeled Pfizer 5.3.6 post-marketing data, and this represented the first 90 days of the rollout from the Pfizer follow-up. Now, Bryce, I didn't have any way of knowing this 30-page document that I had. I, I didn't know who sent it to me. I, I didn't recognize the name, but I voraciously ate that up. I didn't know whether it was fraudulent or whether it was real. Was it a real internal document from Pfizer or was it made up? I had no way. But what that document showed me um, two years ago, about two years ago from this month, uh, or next month, 23 months ago, it showed a stunning finding. There were 1,223 people that died within 90 days of the rollout after the COVID-19 jab. Mm. 1,223 patients. And that was on page seven. I. essentially have that document memorized and on page 12 was horrible obstetrical outcomes uh 45 percent of the pregnant women that received that vaccine had adverse events there were miscarriages and deaths so it was horrible but i i didn't know whether that was valid or not Um, but it was very suspicious so um as you know that document was subsequently released after a FOIA request and the folks advisor denied the FOIA request and didn't, dis- they wanted to hide that data for 75 years. They didn't uh, disclose any of their internal documents until a federal judge told them they had to do that.
0: For the Alliance and Trust family finances in their blood. I grew up with them and they've handled my entire financial world for nearly 30 years. And as a testament to their talents, they've managed to keep me not just out of trouble, which in and of itself is remarkable, but they've helped me build real wealth. They've assisted me through complex business transactions and family matters, now, even my daughters are working with Uncle Randy to put financial disciplines in place for their futures. Invest with people who share our values and will help you to be a good steward with what God has given you. Let Alliance in Trust help you to plan for what's next. Visit AEWealth.com or call 805-371-8020 to learn more. Yeah, my... my um, initial concern, and I thought we'd never see anything, uh, we'd, we would never see anything like this, and I don't think we've ever seen anything like this in, in history, but they pushed so hard for pregnant women to get this. They pushed so hard for, um, you know, everyone, but it, feel, it felt like there was just a um, massive disregard for any kind of personal risk-taking, you know, um, there's plenty of reasons for people to be cautious, especially someone who's in the midst of a pregnancy and for them to, to push that. It, it seemed to me to be, uh, right at the outset, um, you know, nefarious. And if you believe, uh, which, um, you know, we, we know that many of the proponents of the vaccine, many of the people on the, um, you know, left and in the current media uh, espouse the idea of, you know, the earth being overpopulated and that we need to reduce population and all that stuff. And I'm not. Um, I'm not suggesting you need to take this position, but based on all of that, it seems to me that there has been a real drive towards uh, things that reduce our ability to conceive and our ability to reproduce. So, uh, it you know that that is the only context in which it seems it makes sense to me for them to be so cavalier and and drive so hard at having you know women and pregnant women be. Um, you know, ha- have this thing foisted upon them so aggressively.
1: Well, that's absolutely right. And, and I want to just, just for your viewers, uh, and, and I know you know this, but this breaches a, a six millennial golden rule in pregnancy. You never, ever, ever use a novel substance in pregnancy. Never. It's forbidden. It's always been um, forbidden to do that. And it's not just doctors and nurses that know that. I believe that our creator endowed us with that innate knowledge Uh, all over the world. Everybody, every culture knows that you don't use novel substances in pregnancy. You don't drink alcohol. You don't even eat certain cheeses and certain fish and certain meats. You sure shouldn't use a novel substance, whether it's natural or whether it's artificial. You never do that. That was another... So as I suggested, you know, my wife, Maggie, is a brilliant attorney and researcher, and we published a lot together. We, we have worked on this and published several papers together, as I have with many other experts around the world. There, there's no question that this was a fait complete in pregnancy. It was planned from the very beginning. Let's go back to 1976. I talked about the 1,223 dead people in the first 90 days of rollout, uh, this drug should have been immediately removed from the market in December of 2020. Because in 1976, when I was a a second year medical student in 1976, and the swine flu vaccine had 26 deaths and a few cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome. It was immediately removed from the market, immediately. And, And then at the turn of the century, we have the rotavirus vaccine, same thing, there weren't even any dead, uh, deaths from that. There were only a few cases of a, a, a bowel complication in toddlers called intussusception, immediately removed from the market. Uh, it was reinstated, but it took five years, and none of those cases were related to the vaccine. So what was the difference? Uh, the difference between those two scenarios where a danger signal prompted immediately removal, and then in 2020... In 2021, you have a danger signal that is a thousand times greater than ever recorded in vaccinology or medical history. And it's just, we ignore it. So, so that was very, very concerning too. Now let's go through the rollout in pregnancy. Um, well, first of all, let's go back to, uh, to 2020. And in May of 2020, we have a concerted effort you know, all the nebulizers were pulled off the market. You couldn't get a nebulizer in the, the hydroxychloroquine was pulled off the market. Actually, in several countries where it was over the counter, it was pulled off the market six months before the pandemic. Mm, very,
0: curious. Uh,
1: very curious, isn't it? Um, and, and so hydrogen peroxide pulled off the market uh, in terms of availability. It wasn't this. They weren't. Vitamin C, same thing with all of the natural agents that we would use. They put a stumbling block in in front of us. So it, it was very, very curious. And you know that study. Um, and I'm going to call out names. Uh, if if you're uncomfortable with that, I, I don't like. I don't like a tat. I, I, I I'm I try to extend love uh, in in the message that I give now, but I don't extend uh, grace to people that have knowingly killed a lot of people or institutions. So I'm going to call those names out if you're okay with that liability. Yes. yes. Okay. Let's go back to the Lancet medical journal. Uh, let's go back to spring of 2020, uh, you know, May of 2020, I believe it was lead author is a, is a famous cardiac surgeon from Harvard and it was published in the Lancet and there were multiple authors. And uh, his name is um, Mandeep Mara, M-A-N-D-E-E-P Mehra, M-E-H-R-A. Dr. Mandeep Mara was a lead author on a study that was completely fabricated. We're not talking about some underhanded uh, manipulation of data. We're talking about complete fraudulent data. This is how these people work. They're evil people. I'm sure that that was devised by the pharmaceutical companies. What they alleged that they did was from multiple different continents, many, many different countries within, like, literally by, by May of 2020, what is that, five months after the pandemic, they alleged that they had some ridiculous number of a, a blinded controlled trial of, of, I, I want to say, uh, 80,000 patients from multiple different countries. Can't, you can't accumulate a data and do a trial like that in five months. Everybody knew that was a, a lie. It was a big, huge, demonic lie. And what did they do as soon as they published it? Um, it set the precedent. It set the precedent all over the world. We were not allowed to use it. Look, at, there's this study. All other ongoing studies of hydroxychloroquine were were falsely uh, stopped, fraudulently stopped because of this study. And the hydroxychloroquine itself was demonized, saying it's going to kill people. That was five months. Well, we all knew it was fake, so we demanded to see the data. They couldn't produce it, so they retracted the article. It was fraudulent. It was made up. But let's stop here for a little bit. How many people did... Dr. Mera Mandik Mera, and the editor of the Lancet Medical Journal, and the co-authors. How many people did they kill? They killed millions by doing yeah. that because we we now know, uh, you know, that uh, as multiple experts around the world have shown that early treatment with those drugs result in a 99% efficacy. And I want to call out one of my heroes is. Of course, Zev Zelenko and all the others, uh, you know, Eric Corey and and Peter McCullough. But Ben Marble, Ben Marble was kicked, uh, was fired from an emergency room in Louisiana because he wasn't, he refused the jab. And he started a company called MyFreeDoctor.com. Dr. Ben Marble has treated 200,000 patients Pro bono, in every state of this country, uh, collectively, he's practiced, treated by telemedicine. And you know what? His success rate, even with more advanced disease, was, including all the patients, was 99.9%. So this, in other words, let's look at this another way. Mandeep Mara and the Lancet and the medical industrial complex killed millions of people by putting out fraudulent misinformation and they have the audacity of accusing me of misinformation that's dangerous what is that called spiritually projection right yeah and then the same thing was performed with hydroxychloroquine with ivermectin so it's the same story right out of this corporatist playbook it's horrible
0: You must start taking care of your liver now, more than ever. Why? Because the latest data from the American Heart Association indicates that adults with fatty liver were three and a half times more likely to have heart failure than those without. The American Liver Foundation says that 100 million Americans have fatty liver, which means many people are at risk. We throw everything at our livers—cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, statins, cigarettes— That's why so many of us have a sluggish, fatty liver that makes us gain weight and lose energy. For decades now, your liver helped you with over 500 key functions every day. It's time to help your liver. There is a solution, Liver Health Formula, an all-natural supplement, which contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. It's manufactured right here in the USA and approved by American doctors. So, if you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism... Boost your energy and transform how you look and feel. Try Liver Health Formula and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you'll receive a free bottle of nano-powered omega-3 to keep your heart healthy. You're also getting four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health. Try Liver Health Formula by going to getliverhelp.com forward slash Bryce and claim your five free bonus gifts. That's getliverhelp.com forward slash Bryce. Yeah that's the that's the war we're in um and those early interventions would have prevented many many deaths and I think that's become super clear now um that these people stood in the way and intentionally we're student we're standing in the way um you know many of which had, you know been enriched by the pharmaceutical companies or positions within our government or all sorts of you know different ways that they were rewarded for for doing that all for the purposes of pumping up these covid numbers so that they could bring about some of their um, political aims, which now it's become quite clear, um, and and many of these people, you know, I mean, uh, uh, we're going to have to wait for them to see justice because it doesn't look like. Um, many of them will ever answer, at least, you know, here on earth for the things that they've done. I'm glad for your bravery and courage for calling them out and doing what you're doing. I know you're, you're probably familiar with the, what they're attempting here in California with the new um, law against physicians, um, you know, making sure that they stay in line with whatever the prescribed um, narrative of the day is, uh, which, which harms ultimately the, the patient. Um, You know, when when we've got these guys going along with whatever they're told to say and, you know, uh, we've we've just been through that and seen that Um, what what I'd love for you to talk a little bit about is is um, what you see the um, damage as with respect to our uh, population. I know how sensitive, you know, women's menstrual cycles are, and just you know, kicking those off kilter, and uh, you know that, that delicate balance uh, that God's created, um, you know, creating some disorder or chaos, and that has far-reaching implications with respect to our population and our fertility as a nation. Um, What what are you seeing? What are you projecting? You know, what kind of concerns do you have there?
1: Well, we've been studying this for for a long time. I'm involved with a a group of investigators uh, under uh, the umbrella of my cycle story. And my cycle story goes back to Tiffany Parado. And this uh, she's a brilliant young lady from the Tampa area in my home state. Um, and she started on this, and she's not a physician or a nurse. She's a brilliant young um, marketer, PR. Um, but she started having um, a massive number of patients complain of it. She started a Facebook group, and tens of thousands of patients immediately, you know, logged in and, and said, yeah, since, since the vaccination, horrible, catastrophic not just missed a day or had some spotty vaginally, no. I'm talking about massive, some of them life-threatening hemorrhages that were just out of control. So when there got to be tens of thousands of patients on that uh, that Facebook group, of course, what's the most logical thing for the medical industrial complex to do, right? Shut them down. (laughs) They shut them down. They threw all those patients under the bus because it was an inconvenient fact that was interfering with their narrative and pushing the vaccine. Um, so, so l- let me go back through, if I may, just a, a maybe a quick uh, uh, ontogenesis, if you will, of, sure. of how things progressed from the pregnancy aspect. So we were back in 2021. The vaccines rolled out in May of t- 2021. The second individual that I will attack and personally make some accusations of that needs to answer to a um, crimes against humanity. It's not just the Lancet and Mandy Mara and all those authors from the Lancet, but now we have an even more egregious breach. This is the New England Journal of Medicine. The editor-in-chief, his name is Eric Rubin, the famous Eric Rubin, who went to the FDA advisory and said, well, we don't know... What's going to happen with the children? Let's just roll it out in them and see what happens. That was his quote in Jeez. front of the advisory. So what did he do? So he doesn't have any bias, right? So he published this Shima Bakoro. There's 21 authors in the Shima Bakoro article that pushed this on pregnant women. And they said it's safe and effective. They keep repeating safe, effective, and necessary for pregnant women. There's never any safety data. Well, Dr. Shima Shimabakuro and the 21 authors on that study have all major conflicts of interest. They're all federal employees, each and every single one of them. And if that were not bad enough, Tommy T. Shima Shimabakuro, the murderer, the mass murderer, he was actually the head of the CDC Vaccine Advisory Committee that in of itself should have excluded him with a major conflict of interest. Yeah, well, wow. you know, it's, it's it's just horrible. So they just pushed it out and they said, well, it's necessary because well, pregnant women are more likely to die. Well, that's a complete lie. You know, my colleague, Beth Pinelli's from University of Texas, Houston, a maternal field medicine doctor, actually my alma mater where I did my fellowship, she published a massive study uh, last year documenting that that's completely false. And it was all COVID-19 patients. Of the patients that were, the women that were pregnant compared to the non-pregnant women with COVID-19, they had a far less, statistically significant, far less risk of death and ICU admission, which was their absolute contradiction of the false narrative. It was never safe in pregnancy. It was never effective. And it was never necessary. And you can extend that to the entire population of the vaccine, too, not just pregnancy. So so then we're up to uh, this article uh, being pushed all over the world. You know, everybody, you know, bows down and worships the false god of the New England Journal of Medicine. They don't do their history and understand that it's a completely fraudulent uh, journal, like most of the mainstream journals are. They're owned by pharma. So then what happened, then long about July, um, there was a, a big push to, uh, to advise from my board, the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology, um, who apparently is corrupt, the American College of OBGYN, which is corrupt, and the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine. Those are the three bodies that made strong recommendations in July of 2021 citing the Bakoro, the fake Bakoro article. So that's October. I'm, I'm sorry, that's July. Now we go to from July to two months later. Then the gag orders came out from all of those hundreds of nursing and physician boards, licensure boards and accreditation boards came out mysteriously. Oh there's no collusion here. Okay. Mysteriously the exact same time frame, hundreds of organizations with the exact same phraseology, any healthcare provider that spreads misinformation regarding COVID-19, we will destroy your career.
0: Yeah, despicable.
1: Unprecedented, never. And I I got quite upset about that, so I began attacking them immediately, voraciously and aggressively.
0: Amen. Um, and and um, I think you probably saw
1: my letter in Steve Kirsch. This past Friday, Steve Kirsch. Uh, uh, six months after, uh, I, I had several altercations with the American Board of OBGYN. I've, I begged them, I begged anybody in the world to come and debate me, like on this platform, on any public platform, and show me the safety data. Nobody in the world can do that, Bryce. Nobody in the world. The, uh, the American Board of Obstetrics and Gynecology, I used to be a, a, a board examiner. I used to work for them. You know, I was an examiner for a year. I was uh, published extensively in the Society of Maternal-Fetal Medicine. Received many research awards. Um, you know, I've testified in front of the Senate in 2003 under the Bush administration as an expert in fetal therapy and closed fetal therapies. And, and yeah. you know, I've testified this last year uh, with uh, uh, in the Senate as well. So um, they they um, responded that you know, shut up or we're going to destroy your career. Um, and I that just emboldened me to hit him harder. Well, and the, so I wrote.
0: The reason the reason is, and, and you know, uh, you deserve the the compliment here is that you've got you've got uh, you know three things really that are, are um, in your favor, which you know clearly, you know, you, you have a uh, uh, Christian worldview which gives you you know this moral imperative that you have to speak truth on these things. Not just because, you know, we're, we're uh, pushing back against a lie, but because there really truly are lives at stake here. Um, so, you know, it's about as high an order as you can possibly have. And then what you have that a lot of people lack is courage, because there are, you know, moral actors out there. There's Christians, you know, even probably within many of these boards that are, are being quiet and I'm sure you talk to a lot of them because they are afraid of having their careers, um, threatened and bashed. And that's a common theme right now with, with all kinds of people. I mean, you know, we get, we get a tremendous amount of hate here and we get, uh, you know, vilified in our community because we're standing up for these things, but we must show that courage. So I, I appreciate you for that. And, um, Thank you, yeah. And, and continue to, uh, to do it for sure.
1: The, the other problem that I have that drives me, um, of course, my conviction as, as a former uh, officer in the United States Air Force, you know, I have a commitment to uphold that um, my um, the commitment and the sworn oath that I made to the serve my country and the Constitution. But also, more importantly than that, is my, uh, my relationship with God uh, and truth uh, is more important than my persecution or my death. Yes. Um, I, I'm not afraid of death. Come, come and kill me. I'm just going to be with Jesus sooner. Uh, doesn't I have no Amen. fear of death? But then also, extraordinarily sacred to me is uh, I'm an empath, and that works against me. You know, I, I'm I'm not uh, on a scale from zero to ten where you have complete apathy at zero and a, a ten where you have far end and too much empathy for people that are suffering. That's where I sit, where I stand, my whole life. And so it hurts me, it hurts my spirit, it hurts my soul, it hurts, it grieves my heart to see my patients being hurt and injured and killed. And um, so I take that really seriously. So I won't stop. I'll never stop. Um, they can do whatever they want to me. They can take away all my money, take away my life. I'm not going to stop because I'm the truth is more important to me than my life. So, you know, they, they have threatened me. You know, um, I think that the the work that we've done off this governmental data and that is going to be published in, um, uh, we've published numerous articles, as you know, over the last three years. But this article that's going to be published in a major peer-reviewed medical journal that you've seen, and I'll show you some slides on, um, this is irrefutable. This is governmental data. This is not Jim Thorpe's made-up data, like the fake Medical industrial complex does. No, this is the government's data, and I have the most incredible authors uh, joining me uh, who are incredibly brilliant and sophisticated and know that this is honest and know that it's verifiable. This is published in preprint format. It's been published for six months, and God willing, in the next month it's going to be published. And um, I hear rumors, I can't confirm them. That it's the featured lead article in this major medical journal, which is going to be huge. So, um, if I may, could I show? Could I see slide one? Sure. So I, just, I really want to acknowledge my, my partners here. Claire Price. Uh, uh, Claire Rogers is a. Um, she's actually a, a physician's assistant um second author and, and mike deskovich uh, incredible brilliant phd in mathematical modeling and he and i and the other authors he led us through this very very um undeniable irrefutable methodologies uh, stuart tankersley is a military whistleblower Albert Benavides is one of the world experts in the governmental data systems megan redshaw um, God bless her is is uh, on our wavelength, and she's been lead attorney counsel working with uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy's Children's Health Defense Fund. Mm-hmm. I think she's now working with uh, Trial Site News, and finally uh, Peter McCullough. He needs no introduction, right? He's the most mm-hmm. expert physician in the world that I believe is the natural leader for a new global medical freedom force. I, I use is um, he. Uh, He never had the opportunity of I wish him a happy Veterans Day this past uh, Veterans Day. And I I said, Peter, you know, you're incredible. You're obviously a military man. He goes, no, that was the greatest regret of my life. I I didn't get to serve my country. And he goes, well, I got something better for you. You just were commissioned as the new five-star general. And your name is now Peter Patton McCullough, MD, MPH. And you are not only a five-star general, but you sir, are my commander-in-chief of the global medical freedom force. So that's how I do my my tags on on my Twitter. It's uh, General General Peter Patton McCullough. He's the person that should lead the world out of this, um, um, and I'll use a a military term, uh, hopefully not offensive to you and your audience, needs to lead us. He's the obvious person to lead us out of this foobar um so that's no, a great number term
0: two. and it works for the circumstances we're in for sure
1: i've never seen anything like this in my life so what uh, just the basic methodologies and this is a forest plot and i won't get too technical on you i promise but um what we did was exactly as the cdc recommends the cdc and the fda says when you do analytics on this we we have to have you comparing A new, another vaccine with one of our other vaccines, which is a hoodwink and a lie to begin with, because if you use another vaccine as a control group, it's actually not a real control group. There's inherent risk and death with, with the influenza.
0: Valentine's Day is over, but the need to say I love you is never over. Finding a way to tell someone you care about them on a consistent basis is hard. At least it was until Good Ranchers came along. Say I love you with meat this year, but not just any meat. It has to be Good Ranchers. 100% American, hand-trimmed, steakhouse-quality meat and seafood. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold in stores is imported from overseas. That doesn't say I love you. That says I think you're as good as this old meat shipped over from Venezuela. Don't say that. Instead, use my code BRYCE to get $30 off when you order any box from Good Ranchers today. Nothing says you care more than prime cuts of beef, pasture-raised chicken, and premium-quality seafood. You can get all of it delivered every 4, 6, or 8 weeks at GoodRanchers.com. Ditch the usual gifts that just don't cut it anymore. Say it with a subscription to American Meat instead. Snag your $30 off with my code BRYCE at GoodRanchers.com today. With a 100% satisfaction guarantee, you can count on your monthly delivery of meat to always deliver the quality a great gift needs. Forget regular flour deliveries. Set up an easy, affordable, and delicious subscription to American Meat Delivered today. And save $30 with my code BRYCE. Say you're the best with the best meat in America from Good Ranchers. Yeah, so let me let me ask you a question here. Well you know we get a, a slide two there, um, the uh, uh, it seems to me that they that they have to know that we would find out and we would start to see the results if the, if indeed this is um, a, a push to uh, reduce our population and a lot of the things that they've written about. And I think that this is what this is about. Um, it, uh, they worked so hard that there wouldn't be much of a control group. That 's why you had the uh, uh, cor- corporate entities involved in pushing the pregnant women to get vaccinated and firing people from the military if they did not get vaccinated. you know all of those things were were such a massive push to get people vaccinated as quickly as possible and again, right at the beginning, we saw that the, that this uh, particular uh jab was not uh, operating as advertised, you know we we knew it wasn't preventing people from getting the uh, the virus. We knew that it wasn't, um, you know, really uh, preventing any transmission or all of the things that they said. This is why we needed to do this so quickly. And so again, it seems to me as if you get everybody vaccinated, you got nobody left to show, you know, that that there wasn't an issue. And then by then, their designs on our population control and all that stuff have already been implemented and they can just go off into the sunset they accomplished their goal
1: you're absolutely spot on Uh, to rephrase that in one term overton's window yeah they only look at options for the cause of all this death and destruction in a narrative that will serve their continued purposes of um collecting money so you know and bringing up the military uh you know the and you know as well as i do and a, a dear friend of mine um dr Teresa long lieutenant colonel Teresa long blew the whistle on the dmed database the dmed database yeah. is the most the most accurate database in the entire world and she found the exact same things i did horrible obstetrical complications cancers sudden death in her pilots and she proved it with the dmed database um, so you say well how can they how how can they uh deny that well the only way they could deny it was to say, oh, okay, we just realized that there's been a mistake the, that for the last five years in the DNET database. Um, so they tried to denigrate their own database and blame it on a problem when there never was a problem with it. And that's exactly what they're doing, trying to deny the governmental database. Um, they're doing the same thing.
0: Wow. So in this,
1: this study, what we did, the, the methodology is very simple. We use the FDA methodology. We looked at 18 months of the COVID-19 vaccines outcomes compared with the control group of influenza vaccines, which was 284 months because that was used in pregnancy only after it was used for 60 years. It was approved by the FDA in pregnancy in 1997, midway through. So as a start point, we used January 1st, 1998. So we have 284 months of Influenza control uh, data in, in pregnancy, and use that as a control group. And the FDA and CDC uses a twofold increase as their danger signal in what they call the proportional reporting ratio (PRR), which is exactly what we did. Bryce, we didn't see a twofold increase. Uh, let me just get, throw some numbers out there. For menstrual abnormalities, uh, we saw a 1,200-fold. Wow. 1,200-fold. For miscarriages, we saw a 57-fold, that's 57-fold, 5,700% increase in miscarriages. In fetal deaths, we saw a 38-fold increase, 3,800% increase in fetal deaths. And I can list off all of the other... Uh, total of 18 adverse events, which all exceeded by far and away the threshold of danger from the FDA and CDC. Wow. Um, we're talking about, you know, malformations, chromosomal abnormalities, fetal cardiac abnormalities and malformations, major malformations of other organ systems, severe preeclampsia, miscarriage we mentioned preterm premature ruptured membranes, severe placental abnormalities, placental clots, uh, abnormal fetal testing due to um, uh, abnormal placental function. We saw cardiac arrest in the fetus. Um, we saw premature ruptured membranes, preterm labor and death from prematurity and newborn complications. It's the most catastrophic data set one could ever imagine and I can vouch for the veracity of it and I'm absolutely certain this is reflective of my vast clinical experience and I will bet my life on it. I have no hesitation whatsoever. Um, Next slide. I want to, as he pulls up this slide, um, I, I can provide, um, let's see, let's go to the next slide and the next slide. Let's go to slide number five. Here, uh, There are well over 30 other independent sources that I can cite to corroborate. Um, and, and you're looking at slide number five, right? Can you guys see it? Yeah. Okay. So, um, you you know, and this includes the the U.K., the the governmental database in the United Kingdom, the yellow card, exact same thing, it's worse. The same governmental database for the entire body of the European Union is the EMA, the European Medicines Agency, UDRA Vigilance. That's their database. It's worse than our government's database. The same thing with the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization's uh, UDRA vigilance or or VIGI access is worse. You have the World Council for Health of 70 or 80 different countries who have acknowledged the data and recommended banning the data. Um, You you have the the One America, uh, Scott Davis of the One America Insurance Company. You got Edward Dowd of the uh, death numbers. I could go on and on and on. Uh, you have uh, almost 80 different countries that, in one way or another, have banned uh, the use of the drug in certain sectors or all sectors of their uh, society. So um, there, there are many, many. And I also we talked earlier about the the veracity of how can you not believe the own in, their own internal documents of Pfizer themselves. Right. Let's go back up to slide number three, because this is really the nail in the coffin. Slide number three, um, also totally consistent, and this slide is published in this upcoming publication and also in a preprint. This is a whistleblower um, from your state under your fascist government out there, your uh, your fascist governor, and Pelosi and Adam Schiff and all these um, really, um, the only way I can describe these people is they're, they're evil, but they yeah. come, or, come under a demonic deception. Exactly I've been calling them,
0: um, I've, I've been calling them public serpents.
1: They're public serpents and you know, you're familiar. I, I know you are, I can sense it. You're filled with the Holy spirit. You don't have to look any you don't have to read Michael Savage's book where you know liberals are insane. Um, he's absolutely right. He published that book at the turn of the century, but I put a lot more veracity in the Bible than I do in Michael Savage. But uh, Saint Paul and God said the exact same thing that Michael Savage did. You didn't you didn't have to publish a book. Just go read Romans one. Yeah. Read Romans one. The whole idiopathophysiology of their demonism. And their um, foolishness is perfectly described in spiritual terms. This is a collective, like there's a collective spirit of the Holy Spirit. There's a collective spirit of Satan, which means people all over it. There's no separation of space and time with the same ideas, with the same ideology of the same evil at the exact same time. This is what's happened to uh, most of your leaders out there in, in California. So back to that slide number three. I have a whistleblower. This is her name is Michelle Gershman, and she's from a central located city in California. And this is a postpartum nurse. She's an incredibly, incredibly uh, accurate and um, totally believable. But she simply gave Bobby Kennedy, who gave me his institution, gave me an email that the nurse administrator in charge of all of women's services at their hospital sent to like 200 nurses. And she was so outraged with the email and the numbers that she blew the whistle. And she's been on with me all over the the country on platforms uh, like yours. And um, she tells it exactly as it was that, you know, before the rollout of the vaccine, you know, the, there were, you know a, a small number of babies that were in the intensive care nursery there was only one to two stillbirths every 2 to 3 months and then what happened uh, as as we progressed into the second quarter of 2021 when the vaccines been out for 3 to 6 months the field deaths skyrocketed and yeah, in well, july later. yeah in july of 2021 it shot up to an institutional record of 22, and as the administrator of the nurse, this is not Michelle Gershman's data. This is right from the hospital administration. Michelle Gershman um, uh, had noted that that uh, the, the, the administrator nurse that you got the, the the whole administrator of women's services said, and this isn't even all of them. There's many other uh, there's there's many many other still that didn't come through labor and delivery, that went to the emergency room, delivered at home or delivered, you know, maybe in radiology when they were getting their ultrasound or in another facility. So that was an underestimate. And then the same record was achieved uh, 11 months later in August of 2022. So this is a this is such a standard deviation when you look at that slide. Um, and I can prove to you, just put that slide back up there. Um, if you look at the stillbirth rate of um, for the three years preceding the pandemic, which is 2017, 2018, and 2019, when all these people were killed and injured from COVID-19 infection, what happened to the fetal death rate? It actually fell from the three prior years. You can see my metrics yeah. there. It fell from 5.83 per thousand births down to 5.74 per thousand births. So COVID-19 did not cause these. And the increase in miscarriages didn't start until after the rollout of this. Now, um, if you go down to slide number four, um, this, is, this is jaw-dropping. This is even worse. This is from five whistleblowers uh, from Lionsgate Hospital in Vancouver, Um, Lionsgate Hospital in Vancouver, British Columbia, there were 13 stillbirths in one 24-hour period, Bryce. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even calculate that and keep it on the graph, so I had to cheat a little bit and say, well, it wasn't 13 dead babies in one day, uh, 24-hour period. It was seven days. And even when I I relax it like that and say it was for seven days, you're talking about a a 16% fetal death rate. The, the dam is
0: breaking with all of this. It, you know, that's what I think is clear to me is this is uh, given what you know um, and, and you can you can uh, weigh in on this. But I mean, it's got to be accelerating at a pace that, you know, even the, the doubters uh, that, that think that we're exaggerating or, you know, we're looking at, you know, data and manipulating it for our own purposes. Yeah, but but yet they're kind of on our side. Um, they the, this is going to be undeniable soon because this is only going to get worse.
1: I pray not, but I'm I'm afraid you're right. Um, I want to show your viewers uh, if if you go down to slide number six, uh, and I'll be brief on these subsequent. This is an article that we published: uh, COVID nineteen and the unraveling of. Uh, Science is published uh, about a year ago, and um, not quite a year ago. And uh, what what I did was I reviewed um, 1,366 peer-reviewed medical journal publications documenting death and destruction after the COVID-19 shot. Okay, for 15 months, there were 1,366 peer reviewed medical journal publications documenting severe adverse events including death from the covid-19 shots and what i did was the journal was so impressed with this it was published in the gazette of medical sciences and i think it was march of 2022 and um they uh were so impressed that i had reviewed all those um that i categorized them and they published every single one of the references in a separate 170-page hyperlink attachment to the, pub, the electronic publication. Very impressive. And Senator Ron Johnson was, was really impressed with this and pointed it out in, in front of the Senate. Um, he, and, and he asked me to categorize those. And if you can look at those, you'll see uh, no surprise to Dr. Peter McCullough that cardiac disease was the category of the most common complication. And then the second most complication, common complication was vaccine-induced thrombotic thrombocytopenia. And then the third most common was arterial and venous thromboembolism. Um, so let's go down to the last slide here. I, this is a really easy visual. Um, what I did here, this is pretty stunning. I took all the other vaccines, and you look at the red bar on the covid under. Uh, over the COVID-19 vaccines for just 15 months, 1,366. Look at the number over, you know, the entire life of the influenza vaccine. You
0: know,
1: there's a tiny number. Ridiculous. MMR, uh, hepatitis B, Tdap, varicella, when you put them all together for the last century, all the vaccine published reports over the last century pale in comparison to just 15 months. Now, every single one of the authors of, you know, there might be two or three authors on each one of those 1,366 peer reviewed medical journal publications. Every single one of those authors, what are there, 5,000 authors? Uh, There's probably 20 or 30,000 authors now because we're well beyond 15 months. They all put their life and careers on the line by publishing that. So this is not capricious. This is not for fame or for recognition. They're taking a hit just like I am. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really, it's really irrefutable at this point
0: in time. Well, listen, God bless you for your courage. You know, we're, we're, um, coming to the, the end of, uh, the time here. And so, um, my, my biggest thing, and this is where I'm, I'm super concerned because, you know, an ongoing theme of our show is, you know, the future and, and how we, um, you know, build and, and uh you know, revive from all of these sort of things. And I'm so concerned, and that's why I, you know, brought it up a, a number of times at the beginning, the long-term effect that this thing is going to have on our population and what it's going to have on, you know, young men and young women and families and having families and all that, especially when you combine all of the other things that are going on within our male population with low testosterone and low fertility there because of a whole host of other things that are happening um i i'm um, you know i think rightly concerned that uh there is a massive hole to dig out of now you know listen we serve a, an amazing god and we can uh get out of this and i think that um you know we're due for a revival and a and a spiritual awakening here in America. But it's, uh, it's devastating what they've done to us. And I, you know, and I pray for God's uh, justice um, on these people that did this. But I'm so encouraged by you and your courage and your colleagues' courage and um, you know, all of those of you that are you know, getting together and fighting this and, and putting your careers on the lines. So you know, how do we support you? How do we follow you? Uh, what's the best way for, for our audience to pay attention to what you're doing?
1: Well, uh, a couple of ways um, that you could really help me. First of all, um, my Twitter handle is at it's J A, as in James Allen, James A. J A T H O R P. My last name Noe, M F M. Maternal Fetal Medicine. So J A T H O R P M F M. Um, Please, please, please follow me. And also, I would beg of you and your audience to go there and look. Uh, You're not, I I, I need to tell this short story. My Michelle Gershman, who put her life on the line, they tried to fire her, they couldn't because she didn't break any rules. They um, penalized her, they gave every other single nurse $6,666 for continuing to ignore the death and destruction our babies six thousand. we talked about the axis of evil and the demonic global influence how how does that's not by chance so when i found that out i immediately said god can really easily defeat satan so i put uh i got attorneys together and we set up her own personal account and we're going to achieve seven thousand seven hundred and seventy seven dollars and we're like 85 percent there so I'm going to repost her. Please go to that account. Let's fill up her. Let's give her a bonus that she deserves from God instead of $6,666 from Satan. That's what you can do for me. Thank you.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me on this episode. I appreciate you. Keep up the, the good work, good fight, and uh, I know our audience will respond. So thank you, sir.
1: Thank you so much for uh, saving my patients' lives, Bryce.
0: All right, we're out.